When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, movies and movie music. It's like when you watch a trailer, it's so rhythmic and it's so music-driven. And the advantages of having that is so you really feel like there's like a tempo and a pace. I had written the track for Dune. Now it's just sitting dormant in the library. Half a year later, the track gets picked up for the Croods too. <laughs> which is is a totally different style of movie. So I really like um, putting in unorthodox sounds in in my music. I had this frozen cheese I bought from Costco in the freezer, and so I smashed it against against the countertop, and that didn't help at all in terms of really unfreezing the cheese, but I was like, this is a sick sound. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I don't know about you, but there's nothing that gets me more excited for a movie than a trailer. I mean, just just listen to this. Our first guest specializes in making the music that goes along with those trailers. This is composer Brandon Lau. How does composing music for a trailer like how what how do you what kind of approach do you use that's different? Um, it's actually a quite like a I would say an interesting process. Um, so one very unique thing to composing for trailers versus other media is that actually ninety percent of the time there's no picture first so what happens is that the music comes first and then the editors will take the music and they'll edit the footage based off of the music that i write okay that makes that doesn't make sense to me right like i know nothing about this but to me i would be like wait why don't you why do you do it that way as opposed to just make the music compared to what you're seeing it's like when you watch a trailer it's so rhythmic and it's so music driven and the advantages of having that is so you really feel like there's like a tempo and a pace and it feels a little bit like mm, like a pop song in a way where like it's repetitive and it's catchy which is really good for that kind of like two and a half minute media format that it is it's very effective in in the way that it's a formula to kind of capture an audience's attention so i think that's why it's typically done that way to kind of have the music drive, be the driving force instead of like the film and then the music following that. You know, you, you talk about how, okay, so you're making it for a couple of minutes. 
would that music then not work if you were making it longer, right? Like, oh, this music is great for two minutes, not good for five minutes. Because the music comes first before the editing process, uh, we want to make our music as editor-friendly as possible. If we deviate from the formula, chances are that the piece will be less likely picked for you know, being edited to. So um, it's kind of usually a safer bet to really stick to the tried and true for that long. So like you mentioned the formula, and you know, I don't want you to give away your secrets necessarily, but like, what do you mean by the formula, right? Like you got to build it up for 30 seconds, then you slow it down, then you build it back up. Like what's kind of the general formula that you're mentioning? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't consider it to be a secret because the answer is out there in the open. You know, everyone has access to all the trailers that's ever been been published. And you'll notice that typically in like the first third of the trailer or maybe less, you'll have all this dialogue and exposition, you know, we want to know what the movie is about. And so typically what we want to do in the music for the thir first third of it roughly is that, you know, keep it sparse, keep it atmospheric. Um, you know, we really want to leave room for the exposition and whatever is going on. And then, you know, of course, there's like that, that huge cliche of like um, the single piano note, which has been leading the trailers for such a long time. Um, now it's maybe not as popular, um, but even so, the whole purpose of that single trailer note, it's like a small sound that is, I don't want to say unique because it's been now done so many times, it's no longer unique, but a small sound that will capture the audience's attention. We call that like, like a hook, basically. So atmospheric, and then there's typically some sort of a hook where it's like a short melody or like a unique like sound. <laughs> there, are, there, are stuff like, there are stuff like that. And in the second third, um, this is when the action kind of picks up. Um, and typically how that is reflected in the music is that um, the tempo will be more, um, I guess, a felt. Um, you'll often hear clocks. That's a very, very common thing to hear in trailers now. Um, the sound of ticking in the background. Something to establish a sense of rhythm and pacing. Um, and so you can feel the tension of the trailer is escalating. This is like the second, we call it the second act of the trailer. Um, and then in the last act, you know, that's when like the characters are jumping between mountains and then there's like a spaceship that crashes into the galaxy and it's there's some crazy shit that's going on. And then this is when we're leaving it all out on the table. You want to like your full theme, your full hook is like super wide out in the open and you have these massive drums. Um, and then, yeah, maybe at the end, there's a little like boom or something to, oh, coming out soon, theaters, new year, whatever. Um, and yeah, stuff that that's like a very, very, very uh, basic overview of the formula, I would say. It kind of sounds like you get their attention, you hook them, you show them like, ooh, something's happening here. Then you kind of explain it a little bit like, oh, wait, what's going on? And then it's the end is like, oh, this could be good. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We hook them. We keep them. What's happening? This is going to be good. Dude, I, I, I'm going to hire you, man. You, you got the job. You know, <laughs> you, you got it. Now yeah, that I like, that's, that's I never it. thought of that. But when I look back on all the trailers, I can think of that. You hear that like, ding, ding. And then it like, oh, right. It's weird how just that one sound by itself 
kind of snaps you to attention because it is alone. Exactly. It's almost like if they put yes. more things together, I'd tune it out as white noise. Totally, totally, exactly. So, okay, how did now? How did you find yourself in this specific thing? Where like, did you go to in composing, and somebody said, you know what, Brandon, you are a trailer music composer, or was this something that like you were always going to do this? Were you steered this way, or was this the plan? Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of different factors that kind of led me down this path. Um, I will list one of them first is definitely I have a huge, um, I guess, passion and love for uh, electronic slash sound designing music. So I really like um, putting in unorthodox sounds in, in my music, um, like having a synth note do a lot of kind of bendy kind of things and stuff, just playing the notes themselves, like kind of bending between notes. I like putting in like, I had this frozen cheese I bought from Costco in the freezer. And there was one day that I was trying to like get the cheese to unfreeze really quickly um, uh, so I could make lunch. And so I smashed it against it against the countertop and that didn't help at all in terms of really unfreezing the cheese but i was like this is a sick sound and so i mean that's like something that really draws me to music and so although i've always been interested in composing i find that the the vehicle of trailer music is really like a welcome space for my my interest and in, in passion and because they're always looking for that one sound to capture the audience's attention. They're always looking for innovation. They're always looking for the craziest sound effects to kind of drive the attention and, and action of, of a trailer. Um, so I feel like um, it was kind of a natural landing space for me to go to because of my, my interest in composing and also in the sound design space. So is it a competitive industry? It's kind of a... I guess, um, strange balance between, and so on one hand, like, yeah, there is, it, it is very, very like small and, and, you know, uh, being in the industry for a little bit, you see a lot of familiar names come up, you know, because it's, it's just such a small world. Um, but you know, because it's, I don't know, at the same time, it's just like everyone is pitching for the same movie, you know, like there's so many trailers, but there's only one like mega blockbuster or, or a handful of mega blockbusters that come out every year. And you think about like there's still like thousands and thousands of applicants and only like five, ten big, really, really, really big blockbuster movies every year. Maybe there's not a whole lot of people doing it, but there's enough people who are good at it that you got to you got to be on your shit. Totally. Right. Totally. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. And and. It, yeah. No, sorry. I was just going to say that um, it's it's constantly growing. But in the early 2000s, it was really just a few big mm, trailer groups, you could say. Um, and then now, you know, there's just so, so many more because people are, I guess, like, you know, like there's a greater awareness that writing for music for trailers is something that you could do. Like, I didn't know that before I started doing it, so. I didn't know it at all. Yeah. I just, I guess that's the kind of thing that like, I just, I don't know, I assume they pull it off like the music equivalent of Canva. You know what I mean? I never totally, thought of totally. like, well, somebody had to make that music. Mm. Now is it, so, okay, For in the process, do you make the music and then submit it? Or do you kind of apply for the job and then get it? Or like, how does this kind of work? 
two ways in which it can happen. Um, both ways use an intermediary. We call them the publisher. So the publisher kind of uh, works with composers and they collect all our music and they're the ones with the relationships to the major studios. Yeah. The publisher then buys it from you and the publisher sells it to the movie studio? Or the publisher just basically is like, hey, we got Brandon's newest one. What do you think? And if they like it... To detail the process a little bit more, the publishers will typically say... They, so Because I, I love electronic music and stuff, so they'll be like, oh, Brandon, you know, uh, try to imagine uh, eight sci-fi trailers, and then like I will kind of do eight different tracks, and then we'll group them up in, in an album. We still, we still call it an album. And then... The yeah, the publishers will then um, do the artwork for the album. They'll like kind of do all that. Uh, there's a lot of paperwork and other like nitty gritty stuff they have to do for packaging the album. They'll do all that, and then they will um, then pitch the album to all the major studios. I don't get paid anything if the music doesn't end up in any trailer. I mean, if you want to go ahead and put a number on it, feel free to go ahead and put a number directly on it. But like, how much would you generally get paid if it gets picked up? I would imagine that it's depends on the size of the movie. I don't know if people will. I don't know if people will shoot will, will will frown upon me giving the number away. Any number that you said would equally surprise me, no matter how much it is. Could you give? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you don't feel comfortable giving the number. How many digits are in the number? Five. Um, this is especially if you are doing a major blockbuster movie, for sure five. It's not, not even a question. Um, and then, yeah, it, the number can change. It can go into the four digits if it's like a smaller TV show, perhaps, or like a video game, maybe. Um, but if it's a major blockbuster movie, for sure five digits. Wow. Now, have you ever had a situation when, like, hey, you know what? We've got the newest Animal Crossing game that wants this, or you can sell it to Batman. Like, do you get any say in that? And like, no, 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 no. Let's let's take the bigger check here. <laughs> um. So you know that sounds like a suffering from success kind of problem, right. which I have not. Had. Um. But I will say, I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is how it goes because there have been some huge trailer tracks from other like um bigger composers than me that have been used multiple times so i don't think it's like uh just because one one someone buys this track doesn't mean that it's off the market forever so i had actually yeah that one one of my tracks landed in both that was the one in both the um the call of duty promo and also the destiny 2 promo um that actually was the same track so it's happened to me uh, as well like when you make a new a new track do you have a pretty good idea or are you just kind of like i have no right like ooh, this is getting picked up or just kind of like well maybe you know i always hope that obviously it gets placed i i can never know for sure but when i'm done with it i always feel pretty good about it like then do you compose around a certain genre like do you specialize in a certain genre like okay i do action films and horror films and thrillers or do you just kind of do everything like, well, this might go in the new Pixar movie or it could go in Scream 5? 
Right, right. Um, so I would say I definitely specialize in a little bit more of the darker side of things, like sci-fi, action, thriller, horror. I've done, I've done a few of those. And typically, when I write my music, I will picture a movie or a video game from that genre. But I will tell you something funny, I guess. Um, do you know the movie Dune? Yeah. Okay, so I was really um, excited about before, that. Like, Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I love Dune, yeah. Um, but before Dune came out, when, before the trailers came out, you know, sometimes we will specifically target certain movies. Um, and my publisher was like, "Dude, Dune is coming out. I want you to write um, a kind of like you know how Dune has very yeah. specialized on kind of like the mm, almost like Middle Eastern percussion." Um, that's like a huge part of the sound. And my publisher was like, okay, Brandon, please write something like that. And I was like, okay, you know, Dune is an awesome movie. I'm going to target this piece towards Dune. And and I wrote it, and Dune didn't pick it up. So I was like, I was pretty bummed out about it because I, I, I had written the track for Dune, and, 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 and it, now it's just sitting dormant in the library. And I think half a year later... The track gets picked up in the in like an advertising or a smaller trailer for the Crudes too, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a totally different style of movie. But you know they've got like kind of like those like those big drums, like kind of like wooden sounding drums in it, and, and, and it happened to work for the Crudes as well. Um, so to answer your question, I do typically target those darker movies and stuff. But you never know where it's going to end up. You know, you seriously don't know. That's funny. But, like, it's weird how music can match things, how, how much it can match, match a mood. Like, why do you think that is that you can hear something and be like, that? Well, I, I, I would love to say that there's, like, some sort of, like, a deeper meaning um, behind that connection between music and association. But... I mean, I my answer has to be just through repetition in, in history, you know, like it, so many when when we watch a sci-fi movie, um, typically the music is that kind of like strange synth score. And and, you know, like in an action movie, there's going to be these epic drums. And I think just growing up and and watching so many of these like two, I guess, separate uh, things, the movie and the music just shoved together all the time we just kind of grow to learn that association and then now we just pick up on it but i mean that i know that's kind of a boring answer but i i, I mean answering honestly i just think that's pretty much what it is that is interesting though you know how that all kind of now will you ever or in the industry i shouldn't say you specifically but will the industry kind of move in certain trends we're like Ooh, this worked for this movie. So let's do that, but a little bit different. Dude, that's a great question, man. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you asked that because trailer music is we some people like to say that trailer music is kind of like the pop music of media scoring. Um in in the way that we are such trend followers because we're 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 basically part of advertising, right? And so if something is not in at the moment, it's not going to catch anybody's attention. Um and so if you you know, just even within within the 2000s, trailer music has changed incredibly. Uh the trailers from earlier in in the 2000s to 2010, you will find like these huge uh orchestral led kind of trailers. Um and this is when they're still sing, saying like 
in the world in a deep voice. You know, that doesn't happen so much anymore. But that that the whole thing kind of was happening at that time. Um, and then later that became kind of cheesy. And then, so now we have all these different, like, you know, you'll notice that there's pop songs now used in trailers. You'll notice that there's like hip hop and trap and, and, and EDM and, 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 you know, when dubstep was big, that was showing up in a bunch of trailers too. And so it, it really is such like kind of like a trend following genre. Um, I, I, I would say the most recent one that I've been told to do a lot, um, I remember, I forgot what year it was, but when the Black Widow trailer first came out, the first Black Widow trailer, it had this crazy, like, synth melody that hasn't really been done before. Um, and I remember all the publishers that I've been working with after that trailer came out, they're like, Brandon, you gotta do something like that, you know? And 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 I, I had no problem with it because I loved it. I was so inspired by that sound that I just wanted to write doing that kind of stuff all day. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like, you know, exactly like what you said, definitely a trend following kind of thing. Um, I would say the best example, sorry, I, I should have given this example first, was after Inception came out, the brrrr oh, sound, yeah. that was in every trailer and it's still in like trailers today because it's just such a cool sound. So definitely like a huge trend following industry. I've always been amazed at how you can do something unique and everybody's like, nobody's touching it. And then one person mm. does it. Everybody likes it, and suddenly you're a genius. Like how you can go from moron <laughs> yeah, yeah. to muse in a second is inc- is just yeah. amazing to me. You just got to get the one person to sign on, and then everybody's like, oh, mm-hmm. I had that idea too. <clears throat> yeah. So like, for example, like how many tracks would you, do you have out there right now? Not, I guess, in both in terms of like tracks that have been purchased and are being used either by movies or video games or TV shows or whatever and ones that you have done like what's the percentage I've made a hundred and I got ten picked up or fill me in I guess yeah that that's a great question um I want to say I'm anywhere between oof, 40 and 70 maybe somewhere between 50 and 60 I don't know we're somewhere around there in terms of the amount of tracks that I've created um, and then the tracks that have been picked up in any sort of way, I want to say anywhere between 10 and 25, somewhere around there. That's yeah, honestly a lot more than I, that's a better percentage than I would have assumed. Right. Right. Like right. that sounds I, I mean, really yeah, first good. Of all, <laughs> first of all, thank you. But I, I do feel like I should clarify when I say what I just said, um, so we talked about money a little bit. Um, and, and to clarify, you know, first of all, not only have not all of my tracks been purchased by big blockbuster movies, but also, you know, there are like other things where tracks sometimes are used on TV and the way that that pays out is like totally different. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes I get used in like small little tiny, tiny commercials. They might use like two or three seconds of something. So like they're, they're, they're mostly like smaller usages too. Um, and I'm including that in, in the statistic that I just gave you. So just to clarify, but I'm not like some like major hot shot because that would be a crazy statistic. Yeah, but still it's like, all right, so I got a couple of home runs, but I get on base a lot. Like that still sounds pretty good. I mean, it's not like thank you, nobody thank you. has yet picked up my hour long soundtrack of boat horn noises (laughs) now is there any problems with people ripping off the music um so oftentimes you know words are kind of horrible at describing music um and so when 
a director wants a specific piece of music, they will often employ what's known as a temp track, um, which basically is like if they're doing a commercial, for example, um, they will put in an already existing piece of music in first and, you know, to kind of get the feel of it all. And then they'll pass it on to the composer and with that already existing piece of music in and be like, oh, I want my commercial track to sound like this. Um, and so it'll be like a reference track. So the composer knows what the director wants. Um, and yeah, I found that one of my tracks, actually one of my composer buddies was a friend of mine, was doing a job for a commercial, was writing a track for a commercial. And the reference track that he received was one of my tracks. <laughs> so in, in a sense, he was being paid to rip me off. Like you could definitely make an argument for that. But, you know, that's done so often in the industry that, you know, I don't take any offense in, in, in it. If anything, I'm, I'm quite flattered, honestly, that the director, you know, wanted something similar to that. I just wish that the director asked me instead. <laughs> yeah, but why would they use a reference track and not just like, hey, I want something like this, but not this? That doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to me, right? That's like, like, I want a ham sandwich. Or like, I want a sandwich, and I want it to be a ham sandwich, but I don't want this ham sandwich. Like, make me another ham, sa ham sandwich. Right. I mean, in terms of temp, how temp tracks are used, that kind of differs from director to director. The two that, that, that you listed out kind of using it like this, and I want this, that happens, you know, that, that's kind of like the spectrum of how temp tracks can work. Um, okay. Right. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Let's get to it, man. Track, or I guess um, uh, trailer music that you are most proud of? That, 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 that's a fun question. I, I, I will give you two answers, I think. Um, so I will first give you, I guess, um, the trailer that I'm most proud of, um, which is, I guess, the piece of music that I've written, but also factoring in how it was used and the medium in which it was attached in. Um, and that would be my track Collapsing Sun used with the Destiny 2 Beyond Light trailer. Um, and I honestly, that placement changed my life um, because I've noticed something about um, the difference between doing a video game and movie trailer. And I've seen, I've, I've done a couple of movie trailers and typically the, if you go down to the comments, and I'd be like, this trailer sucks, or this trailer is great. Can't wait to watch this A-list actor do whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but, man, video game fans are so... I think video game fans love music. I guess because the, the kind of interactive aspect of the music while you're playing the video game is so important to the experience um, that I've noticed in many video game trailers, sometimes, like if you go down to, to the comments, they'll be like, track name, you can thank me later. There'll be like comments like that. And um, after the, the De Destiny trailer that, that I did was, was uh, um, you know, it was very, very popular for on the day that I came out was trending like number four, or number three or something like that. And then I just looked down at the comments and they're like, oh, yeah, dude, track the track here is Collapsing Sun, Brandon Lau. And I like that literally actually changed my life in, in a very literal way, um, because if you think about like people listening to music on Spotify and stuff like that, people there's a very few amount of people who would listen to maybe like trailer music for fun, right? So typically it doesn't get that much traction on Spotify. Um, but because of, 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 of the people putting those comments on, on the YouTube trailer, um, it, it, 
it, it kind of like increased my numbers and, and, and viewership by, by, by a ton. So I'm very, very, very thankful for, for that one. Um, my favorite track that I've created just with the track alone. Um, I have a new track called a, The Needle on my album Hand of God. And I just like that one because <laughs> uh, it's kind of inspired by a um, very clean edited style where I'm not using a lot of reverb or like kind of like sustained sounds and it's very, very clean and very precise. And just from a technical standpoint, I was very proud of the, the track that I made. So, all right, this is my like, you kids today, how are you moment, but like, how are you, <laughs> are you playing any instruments or is this, it's all computer based? Yeah, so the music that I do is definitely, if not 95%, 100% computer based, but um, I would say the part that is most like playing an instrument for me is that those synth sounds that are featured in my track, um, I'm kind of a stickler for uh, designing my own sounds. My track, it's really an say. instrument of its own if you think about it. Totally. Is there one in the industry, is there like a trailer music in the industry that like people look at and say, that is the best? There are a bunch of trailer tracks and composers that I look up to. Um, a, one being, um, there's so many, I'm just struggling to pick one, but you know, for the sake of time, I'm just going yeah, to pick a one that there. I really like. Um, Mark Petrie, I've been listening to this guy before I knew I wanted to um, do trailer music. Uh, and he has a track called Redshift, which landed in both Avengers Infinity War trailer, if I'm not mistaken, and also the Venom trailer. And that track to me is really, really inspiring. I think it's a perfect uh, lesson on um, how to develop a catchy hook and a catchy melody. I, I think it's done extremely, extremely well. Trailers that you can think of in which the trailer music is synonymous with the movie. I think of like Pineapple Express, that like where the movie... The music is more popular than the movie. For sure, for sure, yeah. Oh, I can think of a couple, but they're kind of cheating. Um, so I actually have a couple movie posters behind me. The one here is for a movie uh, called Annihilation. And that movie, it came out, I think, in 2018. And um, the trailer had this one sound uh, that was absolutely crazy and it's kind of like the theme like it's about aliens and and, and, and sci-fi stuff and so like the kind of the alien theme from the movie actually made it to the trailer this is very rare by the way um that actual music from the movie gets put into the trailer um but that was one of the instances in which they chose to do it and i can definitely see why because uh that theme for the movie was very hook-like, you know? And so kind of going back to what I was talking about in, in terms of hooks and stuff, um, it totally worked for, for the trailer music medium. So um, it's a little bit cheating because, you know, it, the, the, the sound was actually in the movie, but I think that trailer music was, I thought it was really awesome. How do you feel when you tell someone that your music was in a trailer or video game and they say, never heard of it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought that was such a great question. 
<laughs> Dude, I mean, I love. I wish people would ask these questions more often, man. I mean, I I I love the unapologeticness of it. Um, I mean, I I don't make too much of it, man. I I I definitely that happened to me a lot when I was first starting out, especially because the things that my music ended up. Even I was like, "What the heck is that?" I had to like look it up when I feel like I've literally never heard of this thing before. Yeah, money still green. Um, no. You know, I really don't take any offense to it at all. You know, like there's there's just so much media out flowing in the universe. I don't expect everyone to know everything, so it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Are there parts of trailer music that people should specifically listen to that may give away secret clues within the movie or game? Like if you're really paying attention, the one that I can think about is like in Star Wars where they play mm -hmm. like the Darth Plagueis movie, the music, or the mm. at a certain time. Like are the clues ever hidden in the trailer music itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – Back to kind of what I was saying, unfortunately, oh, the yeah. movie and like, okay, the movie slash video game and the um, trailer itself are completely unrelated. You mentioned Star Wars and like I also talked about Dune earlier and those are like these huge IPs that they really want the themes to be involved in the trailer. Sometimes they'll do it and that's where you're going to get your clues for things to listen to and that kind of thing. Um, I would say more so on that question, it's more like... <laughs> A disclaimer coming from me that they are not related because sometimes I'll <laughs> look at the comments, for example, for the Destiny trailer that I did, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, dude, I hope I can buy this soundtrack from Bungie. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I actually, I'm not affiliated with Bungie at all. I'm not affiliated with this video game. This is just a one-time association. They're just picking up, like, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But so. will you ever have somebody come to you and like, hey, man, we love this. We want to use it. But you just change this one part. Totally, 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 yeah. Um, so I didn't end up getting this trailer, but um, I was I made it to like a really, really – because they're eliminating yeah, yeah, different you go through the process, pieces of stuff. Right? So I, yeah, yeah. So I made it pretty far into the process for the movie The Grudge. Um, and The Grudge – makes this like throat noise um i can't like, i can't handle <laughs> horror movies man the scariest movie i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. is like the old king kong and that was just like nope it's too scary for me dude i i totally feel you i totally feel you um but yeah anyways the girl makes this like a really weird and then kind of like aggressive throat noise and they actually sent me the the direct sample of that throat noise from the movie and they're like please put this in your track um for for the trailer and i was like yeah dude this is this is awesome i would love to use this in in, in my track okay this is the thing that i want to do this is when i have arrived and my career is complete or it is like i am established now is there something that you're looking at and be like this is what i want so um yeah, that, that that's a great question. I I know I just spent the last hour talking to you about how much I love trailer music and stuff. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm still trying to make the transition into doing more movies or TV or even video games, for example, um, and and having my my income more based in that realm. Oh, composing the whole thing. Of, Totally, totally, yeah. Because 
that on the other hand you know is actually the narrative it's actually the story i get to talk with the director about okay this character is feeling this you know how should their music reflect that and every film every scene is going to be different and i know i'm going to have so much fun kind of delving into that creatively um and kind of growing as a, a composer and, and, an, and an artist um in terms of developing my musical ability i guess um and so I'm definitely looking to move more into that. And to, to strictly answer that question, I guess I would love to do, I guess, a major studio film or, 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 or TV show. Obviously, you know, that that's very, very, very competitive. And I'm still a ways away from that. But I would say that's probably when I would feel, OK, I've made it and this is my career, I guess. I mean, it seems like you're off to a good start, right? Like this is how you kind of get into it, right? It's not just like, hey. I filled out this app job application to be the next John Williams. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, definitely, you know, if, if only, you know? Yeah. He's good. Like, that shit's yeah. good. Like, right? But, okay. He's the GOAT, honestly, yeah. When you look at that kind of a style of music, whether you're talking about trailers or video games or doing the whole movie or whatever, does it, does it really match in the sense that, like, which one of these is happening first? Or is it happening at the same time? In which, is the music making the mood? Or does the movie make the mood and then the music supports it? Right? Like, which one's making me feel a certain emotion more? Because in some ways, I honestly kind of think it's the music. You know, like, you've seen those things, maybe, yeah. like, Star Wars without John Williams, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, as a composer... I, I really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> it makes you feel important. I think it's, without um, the music, it's like a laugh track in a comedy. Like, I don't really, is that, was that funny? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the exactly. music really yeah, does no. set it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say, so if you're talking about it from an audience digesting it kind of way, then I would say, obviously I'm very, very biased, but the, the music is really a huge part of what you feel um, kind of like, that that's the emotion. It's it's in the music. Um, but before, while while we're making the movie, I think as a composer, I'm definitely looking to play a supportive role. I'm not trying to um, be like, okay, this is my movie. Actually, um, you know, you're gonna feel how I feel. So I'm definitely gonna like try to whatever the director wants and 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 how how that story. Um, how, how that story is created and, and how it's meant to be perceived in, in the words of the director. That's always what I'm going to be trying to push forwards. I want to thank Brandon so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And we've also included his information along with links to his music in the episode description. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw. And get to the pointless part of the show. Do you have a clothing schedule? Like, do you wear generally the same clothes on Monday, and then you're going to wear it again on the next Monday? Or do you kind of just do whatever during the week? Uh, I wouldn't say I have a schedule. I definitely try not to wear the same pants uh, back to back. You know, you never wear the same shirt twice uh, in one week. But pants, you can usually go every other day and you can get away with it. You've never worn the same shirt twice in a work week? You've never pulled like a Monday, Friday? I've done that. I have uh, shown up to work with my shirts inside out, which is pretty embarrassing. 
what kind of shirt are we talking about? If you're going to tell me that you had a button-up shirt, dress shirt on inside out, you should probably, like, get Child Protective Services to come take your kids because we're, we're talking about some serious problems here. <laughs> no, not uh, just uh, like, a, like a polo, just like a, uh, you know, a polo, nothing, uh, no button-ups. I never had it that bad. I, wait, how'd you get a polo shirt on inside out, though? Because those have buttons on it. You didn't notice that the buttons were inside out? It's actually not as, as difficult as you think it is uh, to do that with a polo. If, if you're tired or drunk or still drunk. <laughs> okay. But I think I feel like the collar would give it away. Like, wouldn't didn't you have trouble with the collar and notice that something was wrong? Because that's where I feel like you would run into difficulties with the inside out polo shirt. No, I like and like I've said, I, I I don't remember any difficulties with it. What ha- Wait, are you not holding the microphone anymore? Remember, I, I, for people who aren't familiar with this, John had a revolution for about two or three episodes when he started holding the microphone, and now he's not it. holding it. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm holding it down, uh, kind of like what you do. That way, I'm not talking into the microphone. All right, I think we're on. I lost track of how many weeks we've been doing this, but it's getting up there. It's got to be in the double digits now. <laughs> you're still amazed by the <laughs> the idea of a microphone, but now that you're not holding it, you're holding it too far away. You gotta you gotta split the difference. <laughs> there is that better. Does this sound does this sound better? No, it looks it's perfect. Can we talk about your floral arrangement that you have? I don't I thought you didn't want to talk did about you, it. I, it's become unavoidable. For people who maybe can't see this, uh, John has a floral arrangement behind him. And my question for you is this. Did you put the floral arrangement there on purpose, thinking it would add to your background? Was it already there and you chose not to move it? Like walk me through the thought process on the floral arrangement because it looks kind of like if it was just happened to be there, it's fine. But if you purposely put it there, you didn't do a great job. Uh, it is there uh, just because it is there. I did not put it there. We are cleaning out our basement because we're having some work done in it. And that's obviously where my wife decided uh, whatever that is should go. I don't even know what, what, that, what flowers those are. Do you work in silence or do you have to have something on around you? I don't think I can sit in silence. Uh, have you ever just tried to sit in silence recently? I, I can't do it. Yeah, I mainly work in silence, actually. If I'm doing something where I need to concentrate, I mainly do it in silence. I don't usually have a TV or music or anything on. Also, I just realized how pale I am. It's offensive. I, I mean, it is bad. I look like like Twilight. I don't know what you're doing over there. Like, have you not seen? When's the last time you saw the sun there, vampire's assistant? <laughs> Maybe you should invest in tan. Have you ever been tanning? No, I've never been tanning. Have you ever laid out in the sun to get a tan? Yeah, actually, uh, funny story. The wife and I, when we were just starting dating, went to a beach in St. Petersburg, Florida. And, uh, you know, I played it up all macho and machismo. Like, I don't need suntan lotion, you know, or whatever. Uh, we ended up getting severe burns. I mean, severe burns. Yeah, She dude. got it worse than me. Well, what kind of person thinks that they're more powerful than the sun? I don't want to answer that. Right? Like, what's your thought process in not putting, like, <laughs> you're going to take on the fucking sun? Like, it's going to win. 
<laughs> the sun is going to beat you. Well, right? when you say it like that, I mean, it, it does sound a little foolish, but... Uh... That's one of the stupidest things that I could ever hear somebody being made fun of. Is you're going to put on sunscreen? Yeah, I'm not stronger than the sun. You think you're going to win? <laughs> I mean, it makes You're going to take on the sun sense. and win? Like, no, you're not. Makes sense when you say that. However, uh, you know, I, 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 I swear to God, I think my wife had second-degree burns on her, on her stomach and back. I mean, it was how, that bad. How long were you guys out there? Mall, I mean, at least three hours. Just roasting. Just roasting. Did you fall asleep? How did you not feel it? Uh, we fell asleep for about an hour, and then when you wake up, and anyone who's ever been uh, extremely sunburned, as soon as you like try to move, oh, just yeah. feels like whatever part of your body is sunburned, it just feels like a leather like swatch, and you're like, I done fucked up. At what age should you not get a sunburn anymore? Like you should have learned your lesson, and in all possible manners, by this age. Because I can understand that you're out as a little kid and you don't know about it. And then maybe you go skiing and you don't realize that, yeah, the sun's pretty bright up there and you're going to burn faster. Like at what age should you no longer get a sunburn? Well, I got, first off, I didn't realize you get sunburn uh, skiing. That's interesting. Um, yeah, dude, it reflects off the snow. You can get sunburned pretty fast up there. Higher altitude, sun's more powerful. Don't fuck with the sun, man. You... <laughs> If, if anyone takes anything away from this episode, don't fuck with the sun. Don't fuck with the sun. It's going to uh, win. I'm, it's about to melt I mean, I, the I, whole goddamn earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say 25. That's probably a good cutoff. I can give people getting some some serious burns in college. Like, all right, you kind of forget about it a little bit. Your parents aren't there to remind you. I'm going to say 20. As soon as you graduate college, you should no longer be getting a sunburn. Like, that's when you should be fully prepared in any kind of situation to not get a sunburn, is once you graduate college. Have you ever gotten a tan, like gone to a tanning bed? Yeah, but I used to work in TV where I basically had to. <laughs> Except you worked in Florida where you could have just gone outside. Uh, of course, I started off in Kansas. And they were like, you need you need to be a little bit tanner, son. I feel like I could actually tell this story now, is that I was once called into my boss's office and told that I need to look older. And then a week later was called back into the same boss's office, which with his boss also in the room, and asked why I wasn't doing a good job of looking older. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. What the fuck do you want me to do? All right. You ready? For, are you ready? You ready? Let's move on. You ready? I'm having too much fun with this microphone, man. I, I don't know if it was a good idea. Did you just do to... it in a circle? Do it again. I actually want to see if that was kind of cool. <laughs> I said, I'm doing it in a circle, if you know what I mean. Here what we if go. you do it like rocking back and <laughs> I'm not going to do that forth. motion. Oh, yeah, that's a little weird. It's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, everyone looking. at home. What if you go but... side to side? Yeah. At... yeah, You are doing this like that, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Can you talk without moving your lips? Try to do the shout-outs without moving your lips. I think so. To just count, I think I'm doing it. That's close enough. I mean, I'm not doing all this. Okay, here come the shout-outs for you guys. Tom Herkart. Dan Van Hoosen. So maybe, should we, maybe we should actually just give these people, you know, I mean, they put time in to listen to the show. Maybe we should actually put some. Maybe you should show, them, maybe you should show them some respect. 
<laughs> All right, Tom Burkhart, Dan Van Heusen, David Basinger, Marcos Ortiz, Zane Wong, Eddie Almeida, Jorge O, Amy Moss, Julie Chambers, and Kyle Reynolds. I appreciate all you guys for checking us out. How old do you think a guy named Kyle Reynolds is? Uh, well, if I remember his Instagram uh, account, double shout out to you, Kyle. 27. Uh, I'm going to go say 27. I was going to say 27. Yeah, it sounds like a 27-year-old name, right? Like 17-year-old's not going to be named Kyle Reynolds and a 37-year-old's not going to be named Kyle Reynolds. That is a specific late 20s name. Kyle, have you ever seen the George Carlin skit about names? No. All right, well, then I guess I won't uh, bring it up to you then. That's one of these things that John loves to bring up along with Deserted Island is the George what? Carlin skit about names. You've brought it up. You've tried to bring it up like five or six times, and that's why it's my mission to shut it down every single time that you bring it up. You know what? And fuck <laughs> Tucker's friend, Kyle. That's all I'll say. Check it out. It's a fun skit. It's funny, man. I have a George cousin Carlin. named Kyle now that I think about it. Way to disrespect oh. my family. Is he 27? I actually don't know how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got a couple of. Everybody has those. Everybody has the close cousins and then the other cousins. Right? And mm-hmm. right? You're usually sure. closer with the cousins on one side of the family than you are with the cousins on other side of the family. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of like cousins that I talk to. I think there's maybe two sets that I talk to more than once a month. Is that normal? Oh, I I probably haven't talked to cousins in months, if not years. I have cousins I don't even know who their what their names are. Like literally Do don't even co- know their names. Do you have a cousin named Eddie? I don't. Is that from oh. a movie? Yeah, man, cousin Eddie. Never mind. Good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what movie is it from? Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, man. Is it Lampoon or Lampoon? I always thought it was Lampoon. No, I think it's Lampoon. National Lampoon. Yeah, I think it's National Lampoon's. Doesn't it make more sense to be Lampoon? I don't know what a Lampoon is. It's, I don't know I, what a Lampoon is. I always assumed it was Lampoon. It's not National Lampoon's? I mean, maybe I. I guess I. I don't know. Where's Chevy Chase? Maybe he could settle this for us. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, let's see here. I hate good uh, movies too. You don't even watch movies. Um, would you rather be known as the greatest porn star alive, or the greatest whatever sport you want to want to say, greatest basketball player ever? Well, the greatest basketball player ever, because the difference there is probably $40 million. <laughs> right? That's, I don't know. Man, I'd, I feel like if you're the greatest of anything, you're getting paid. And uh, but porn star would be pretty You're not making that much. I don't actually think the men make very much money. I don't think that they do. I mean, look, they're doing fine. But I don't think that they make <laughs> nearly as much money as the women. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I never have to worry about it. There still might be hope for you. I mean, but have you ever, have you ever watched an adult film and studied a, the man's technique? Like, ooh, he's that's good technique there. 
I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm sure we all have done, uh, you know, like you do some... two longs, one short, two long, one what? short, two long, one what? short. Like, have what? you ever studied the technique? Like, what makes a man the greatest porn star? I, I don't know. I guess I just want to know what my... your criteria would be. I'm not saying that you have to. Have, oh, like, for what a... would, how would you evaluate it? Well, I mean, I mean, just thinking back to the most famous porn stars of of our generation. I mean, one of them's nickname was the Hedgehog. I don't even know who that is. Ron Jeremy. That was his nickname. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Hedgehog man. That was his. He does look like a hedgehog. Yeah. Okay, but how do you quantify or qualify what in your mind would be a good male porn star? I mean, it's for me, it's about longevity, right? And anybody can come in and make a splash <laughs> uh, right away. It's having a prolonged career and uh, you know being around for decades. I don't feel like that would really be that difficult for a man to have longevity in the adult industry. Like, what's difficult about it? I mean, I think <laughs> you have to be at the top physique. Uh, Ron know, Jeremy it was not had a, did not have a good physique. So, number one, it was, no. It was the 70s and 80s. I mean, I would like to know, out of all the adult film uh, people we've had on here, I the next you need to ask the next one. Like, is Ron Jeremy revered as one of the greatest, like, internally within the business? I'd, I'm curious to know what somebody with insider info would say. You know, we have a kind of an answer to that. There was a woman that is an intimacy coach and also stars in adult films, D. Siren. Uh, she was on, call it five six, ep- five, five, six episodes ago. And she said that she didn't even recognize, she recognized the men by their dicks. I, uh... <laughs> She didn't know who they were, but she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that dick before. And she wasn't like, look, don't read into that in any way. If you think about it, like, you probably see a lot of people in your average business. And if maybe you don't always recognize that customer by their name, but you maybe remember something else about them, you probably remember a defining feature about that person. Well, (laughs) that's the defining feature that she happened to remember. You remember your coworkers for their faces or maybe their body builds. I mean... Her profession is that, right? So it makes complete sense to me that that's how she would maybe be able to pick somebody out. Ooh, here's a question. Okay, if you were to say that, all right, I know a thousand people's names, how many people, though, beyond that do you think that you could recognize? For example, for me, I would probably say that number is double. If I know a thousand people and their names... I probably could recognize 2,000 people. Man, uh, I mean, I could, pro- I could probably go more than double. I mean, but for sure double. That's a, good, that's a good place to be, I think. It might even be triple if you yeah, honestly I think, think about triple. it. I think it would be triple or even quadruple. If you said 5,000, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, okay, maybe. That's crazy to think that you might know and recognize 5,000 people. Throughout the course of your life, You're like, oh yeah, I know that person. I mean, like I have like nineteen hundred friends on Facebook. I could pick all them out, and there's a lot more people that I know I could pick out. So I think it's fair to say double or triple. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like five thousand people. That's a lot of fucking people. Like if they were all in a room together, that's a lot of people. And you probably really only like five percent of them. 
Shit, might even be lower than that, to be honest. That's crazy. All right. Uh, all right. What are you more excited about? The Taco Bell Mexican pizza coming back or the spicy chicken nuggets at McDonald's? Depends how spicy they're going to be, to be honest with you. If we're talking on a scale of one to five and three, is if, if they're a three, then I'm going to be pretty excited about spicy chicken nuggets. But if they're going to be real hot, like, ooh, mm-mm, mm-mm. If they, are you, I, a li- if they are a little bit spicy, then yes. I think fast food chicken nuggets are overrated. Really? Have I'm you ever been to Chick-fil-A? It. Because you would take that back in a heartbeat if you've been to Chick-fil-A. Never had their chicken nuggets, but I can tell you their Wait chicken sandwiches are overrated. Oh, well, you got to try their chicken nuggets. They're pretty good. I don't know how you go to Chick-fil-A and not get chicken nuggets. It's like going to Burger King and getting a salad or getting chili. Oh, nobody knows what's in that what? chili, and nobody should be eating it. Or Wendy's or whoever has the chili, nobody should be eating that. You just made me think of a story. I, I, I used to work with somebody who uh, was a larger person and uh, always went uh, to fast food, the fast food route, but I would always get, you know, like a salad but then like an extra large Coke to go along with the salad. I never understood the dynamic there, but maybe it's healthy. I don't know. Maybe he always maybe he used to have a burger and an extra large Coke and he was cutting down in the ways that he could. I don't know why you hey, have man. to belittle somebody's progress. I'm not, I wasn't belittling. I just didn't. I never understood it. I don't even know. I need to check up on him. I don't he's even probably, know where he is. He's probably really wondering why you're getting in fights at a drive-thru. Okay. Oh, yeah, that happened. It wasn't a drive-thru, though. I was inside the establishment. <laughs> I've never, ever had any sort of public altercation with an employee of any sort of business. And you've had how many now? Many, at least a, at least a good, at least a solid dozen. That's like, for sure. Are you a Karen? I am not a Karen. No, because I respect the. It's not that I don't respect the workers or what they're doing. I'm not. I'm not just. I don't walk in there, you know, with an attitude already or some kind of bias. I react based upon the situation that is presented to me. It's like driving for me. I don't know, man. Let's see. If you've had more, honestly, more than five altercations with an employee at any kind of a business, the problem is really starting to point towards you. I don't know what you're doing, dude. You got to reevaluate the way you're treating people out on the road (laughs) and in the businesses. Because I think that you're going to get a hair. You are. I don't know what the male Karen is. I think there's a name for it, like Chad. I, no, I'm not a Karen. I, first off, I, I, I'm not going to go through e- each instant, but it was... How many have there been? Are... Tell me honestly, how many have there been? Have there been more than 10? No, I mean, there's probably just a, about 10, and, and eight of them happened in three years in Florida, so that should, you know, it's a dark, dark period of my life. But I lived there too, and I didn't have any incidences. Not even at a bar. Oh, Ken. Ken is the male Karen. Ken. Ken. All right, Ken Show. I'm not Ken. <laughs> not Ken, Karen. Just you gotta head this off, man. Okay. All right. I got I got nothing, man. I just I wanna move right in to our to our uh, top five because I'm 
quite excited about it, actually. I know. And I feel like it's one of those that you're really excited about and put a lot a lot of effort in and really looked up, and I'm going to come in and just give you some garbage that's going to piss you off, and I can't fucking wait. I know. All right. I know. I Look, I evaluated it on some different criteria. So <laughs> our top five is top five movie soundtracks. What's your number five? Can you start? I want to know what your number five is because I want you to set the tone for this top five this time. Frozen? Oh. Okay. I mean, that's great, actually. I mean, it, it's on my honorable mention uh, because it's it's a newer it's a newer movie, new-ish movie, I guess. Uh, but it, it's, it definitely deserves to be in the conversation. That was a good one. You, you did well. I just, when I look at movie soundtracks, though, I think of songs that you actually are, when you're imagining the movie or you're remembering the movie, you think of the music. It doesn't count if it's got, like, some awesome song in the credits that makes it right, onto the sure. soundtrack. It's got to be in movie where you think of the music in the movie. So that's why I would have Frozen at number five. Well, I uh, I stick along the uh, the Disney theme. My number five is The Lion King. All right, I mean that's some pretty iconic songs, right? I can think of what Can You Feel the Love, and In the Akuna Air Tonight. Matata. Oh yeah, wow! And, yeah, I mean th- those are three solid songs right there. Now I'm actually going to get upset because that probably should be higher on your list. If you can come up with another movie movie that has three solid songs like oh damn i know the lyrics to that right now uh it's gonna it's gonna be hard but there there are definitely uh, yeah there i there's definitely four others that are easily uh, easily top the lion king on my list all right i mean i guess i could see the fact that right you're not like walking around humming the lion king like it doesn't come up in other situations all right what's your number four uh so my number four is uh hamilton is that a movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was made into a movie. So. Uh, I think that's technicality there. I believe that's a Broadway musical. But it's made into a I mean, whatever. I can swap it out. I have so many more. I no, mean, that's fine. If, if you want to play hardball here. Overrated. It's all right. <laughs> I watched about 10 minutes of it and was like, wait a minute. This is a story about Alexander Hamilton. I don't care yeah. about Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> about it. That was one of the best things you've ever said on this podcast. I don't care about Alexander Hamilton. I, I thought about what. it. It's was a thing about Alexander Hamilton. All right, what's your number four? Blues Brothers. Dude, your list is solid. That's I mean, that's a that's a great number four. I once again it's on my honorable mention, but it's a great number four. That may also be one of the very few movies in which the stars of it were singing some of the songs. Uh, like Sweet Home Chicago is a classic song from oh them. Oh, man. And that they sing that. That's them. You could argue that they might be, like, you know, out of all the musicals or whatever, out of all the, out of all the soundtracks, they might be the most recognizable characters from, like, you know, the movie with the soundtrack. I mean, everybody either knows or, or has heard of the Blues Brothers. That's a really good movie, too. It's, I think it's it kind is. of like right around our time. It may be before some of our listeners' time, but that's a good movie to check out. Like, still good today and still still kind of funny today. 
All right, what's fun, your num- man? What's your number three? Uh, Grease. Are you serious? What song from Grease do you like that you're just walking around your house going, tell me more, tell me Like you're walking See? around doing tell that as in a... Does it get very far? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, there's multiple numbers in that 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 movie that are just awesome. All right, the fact that you said numbers <laughs> sums everything up. Do you like Listen, secretly? Karen, are you secretly don't be angry at Ken? Are you secretly a show tunes guy? You secretly a show tunes guy? Like you like numbers I mean, in your movies? I mean, I, I, I'm as I get older, I, I really like uh, I really like musicals and things getting older i never would have said that even 10 years ago okay what are some of the best musicals out there recently then i don't have any musical knowledge i would like to know <laughs> yeah well if you're listening uh, well so, let, tell me what what's what's your musical see. musical your favorite musicals I'm, light I'm a nice candle my... get your flowers that you got back there see i would be serious with you if you weren't making fun of me smoke some me <laughs> Hey man, I'd like to smoke some meat. I tell you what, Easter is overrated because ham is not good at all. I just want to throw that out there, and I will stand by it. Fight me over it. Cook it right. It doesn't matter how you eat ham. Cook it Cold right. Cut, Cook smoke it right. It, oven. You put a little ham in my presence. No, I want to know what these musicals are. I'm legitimately curious that you like so much. Oh, I mean, uh, The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman's amazing. Uh, it's not really a musical in Canto. The new Disney movie is awesome. I mean, I think that could be listed as a uh, as a musical. Um, excuse me, as I kind of threw up there. Uh, Saturday Night Fever is awesome. I mean, I c- could go on and on. I have rocked the fuck out to Saturday Night Live Fe- or Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I mean, how, how, can, how can you not? Well, I mean, edibles helped. I was rocking the <laughs> fuck out. But I have also rocked out to the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack and thought that was amazing. This guy's going to belittle me about Hamilton, and he rocks out to the Donkey Kong soundtrack. I would rather soundtrack. listen to the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack than Hamilton. Oh, man. Donkey oh, Kong Country is good. Uh, my number three is a tie. Straight out of Compton and Friday. Okay. Uh no, I mean, not bad. I mean, Friday, I don't really remember uh, the soundtrack. Straight Outta Compton's uh, awesome. Straight Outta Compton's pretty good. Friday's, I couldn't really decide which one of those was better, but I liked them both. Because they had a lot of good songs, but there wasn't one that really just like stood out super in my mind. I like when they were showing like how Dre made his beats. Like, I thought that was cool when he's like that. Like, I love that. That's so. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be a rap producer, or any kind of music I, producer. But I have no. I mean, skills. let's do it. What are we waiting for? I, I can be talent. a rapper for you. We're waiting for talent. Oh, and that's gonna yeah, be a long true. time coming. Uh, <laughs> all right. What What are you on? I'm on my number two, and uh jeez. Oh, uh, I know. I I'm just gonna put. Two, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a, a double. So it's gonna be eight mile. And Guardians of the Galaxy. First of all, my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy as well. You put Eight Mile in there just because you used to be from Detroit. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say this for it to make sense, but he even he even does like a you know like um, not an acoustic, but 
uh, what's it called? An acapella performance, multiple during the movie. I mean, that's awesome. It's called freestyling, I believe. Right? Whatever. Musical fan over there with your acapella. I believe it's called freestyling. They're good numbers, okay? Or ad-libbing. You go up to Eminem. How do you think Eminem would feel? It's like, hey, what a great number you had with your acapella in that movie. He would never talk to me, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Talking about how John makes a huge deal about the fact that he's from Detroit. He wears Detroit clothing, just like and but when it comes down to it, he doesn't have the soul of a person from Detroit because he's talking about musicals and acapella when it comes to Eight Mile, which is basically the Detroit biography. I mean, that's not true, but okay. What movie then I... sums up Detroit? Hmm. Oh, actually, that's easy. RoboCop. A lot of people getting shot, killed in Detroit. A lot of people getting shot in Detroit. Oh man, that was a terrible summarization of the city of Detroit. Uh, yeah, RoboCop. Um, hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm from Kansas. It's fucking Twister. Oh, want to be Wizard of Oz? No, it's really probably Twister. <laughs> We're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, so my number one is going to piss you off, man. I mean, it's going to make you so angry. My number one is going to shock you. And you'll be like, what? Oh. And then you'll hear me explain it, and you might actually agree with me. What's your number one? Titanic. <laughs> oh, God. I wish people could see this, like, in real time, your reactions. Explain. I mean, it's was one, it's one of the biggest grossing movies of all time, highest grossing movies of all time, and I believe the soundtrack um, was number one for half a year, three quarters of a year. My Heart Will Go On is still one of the greatest ballads. Uh, you gotta uh, give it that. I mean, it is a good song. That is... And the instrumentals are awesome. I mean... I don't really identify that movie, though, with the music. As much as I do other movies like Frozen or the Blues Brothers, Guardians of the Galaxy, where you identify it with the music. I'm going to, this is my number one, is Star Wars. Because take the move music out of that movie and what is it? That movie has music that sets the scene more than any other movie. I mean, I. It's iconic. I actually think. I mean, I, I I don't think it's a, uh, um, you know what, I, I have no issue with it. I actually think you're right. I mean, it, it has a soundtrack. The soundtracks have done fantastic. Um, I mean, Duel of the Fates from uh, Phantom Menace is probably my one of my favorite movie instrumentals of all time. Numbers? Um, is it one of your numbers? Numbers? Uh, Be quiet, Karen. Um so I, I, I'm actually kind of I'm I'm not impressed with your list, but you, uh, you have a great list there, man. Give yourself some credit. It's not that bad, actually. I don't know anything about music, but I don't have terrible taste in music. <laughs> I mean, I would say the only the only rough spot on yours would probably be like mine with like Guardians of the Galaxy, because yes, it's great and it has a lot of awesome music. But is it like is it going to stand the test of time? I don't know. I don't think that that stands the test of time. But I do think that that mu- mu- movie is synonymous with the music in it. 
Like, that movie's not that great without that music. You take it out. What's in your honorable mention? All right, here. I have a few. Uh, Purple Rain. Never seen it, but I've heard it's great. Uh, a, uh, a personal favorite of mine called Streets of Fire has Rick Moranis in it from the late 80s. Never heard of it. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I get it confused with the other movie about high schoolers. Actually, the two other commu- movies about high schoolers. The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink? No, the uh, the four other movies about high schoolers. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused, which is on my list. Dazed and Confused, yep. Uh, the Crow. What? Uh, Dirty Dancing. We mentioned Saturday Night Fever. Uh, Space Jam. And then uh, Flashdance. And I also, once again, kind of a personal pick here, uh, Top Gun as well. Yeah, Top Gun's got some pretty iconic music. Uh, the only ones that I had that you didn't mention, Caddyshack. I'm all right. Oh. Me. Right. Caddyshack. Think about it. That's pretty interesting. That's a good one. I had train spotting. That mo- the way that I evaluate it is if you think of the movie, then you think of then the song comes right up. Like, you don't think that way about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> or right like I mean, there you, will you, be blood you there, wow look at you knocking out the daniel day lewis movies i mean you picked probably the most i your number five i think is pr- at least of the generation that probably listens to this podcast more than others that's probably the most recognizable song from any of our, our choices i would think let it go let it go no do you think more people would recognize frozen or darth vader's theme song Man, that's tough. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Darth Vader, probably. I mean, Star Wars is still super relevant. You know, if you've heard, you've heard that at some point. I would think if you're over the age of ten, I would think so. Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best movie soundtracks. We're obviously not really that knowledgeable about music. But look, this list isn't for the critics. This is for the people. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.